You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico with you. Uh, just a reminder, forgot to mention this on the back side of that, that men's basketball discussion. Uh, the Husker women have a big game this Saturday against the Iowa Hawkeyes. The new AP poll was released earlier today. Iowa comes in seventh in the country. And so Nebraska, who is going to need every win that they can muster up to get to the, to maybe you know solidify the uh, their 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 opportunity at an NCAA tournament berth needs your help. Trying to sell out PBA for the first time uh, for a women's basketball game. Last year's home game at Iowa was electric. It was awesome. And then on the road at Iowa last season, Alexis Markowski started six of six from beyond the arc. Nebraska ended up losing, unfortunately, at Iowa. And then this season, Nebraska had a lead late in the game against Iowa, lost by five on the road at the Hawkeyes. So if you if you know anything or pay attention to any co- collegiate basketball to a certain extent, you'll know the name Caitlin Clark, who is electric. She Now, I will say, I'll be honest, Rico, pain in the butt. I hate it. it she is a pain in your side, and you hate – you don't like cheering for her. I don't enjoy – playing against her but man because it, she she does these things that are super annoying that makes you just yeah but then you 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 recognize talent when you see it and she's she's exceptional i i i hate it because she's so good like yeah. she's she is amazing and that's what's so annoying is because she is so good um but their last game iowa just you know for anybody what they beat Rutgers 111 to 57 Jeez, hundred and eleven to fifty-seven. I'm gonna find Caitlin Clark's. I'm looking at the box right now because I just want to see what she did. Because obviously they do something like that. She uh, must have had a fantastic game. She's like a triple, a walking triple double, pretty much. Um, so Caitlin Clark in that one, only fifteen points, ten assists. She she only shot the ball seven times. Yeah, that is very unusual for. She played twenty. <laughs> she played twenty minutes. Doesn't need to play very often. <laughs> 15 points, 10 assists, 3 steals, 4 rebounds, um, 5 of 6 from the free throw line, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 of 7 from the field, only 20 minutes, and then everybody else got in the game. So last time that, or excuse me, it was, Caitlin Clark unfortunately has had her way against Nebraska. Yeah. So she's scored in the last 5 meetings, she has scored over 30 points in every single meeting. She uh, in, in the Big Tw- Big Ten tournament last season, uh, Nebraska. This was the Big Ten championship game, actually. Caitlin Clark ended up, or maybe it was the semis. I, I can't remember. They, Nebraska had that miraculous run in the in the Big Ten tournament last year mm-hmm. um, that I, I can't remember. I'm pulling up a, a YouTube video to know the details. But she, Caitlin Clark went off for 41 points and 10 rebounds in the in the Big Ten tournament semifinal against Nebraska last year. Um, when when Iowa was the two seed, and so w- once again, 
Caitlin Clark, Aaron texts in says she's sponsored by Nike. If that one, if that tells you anything, if you want to read into it, um, she, she's she's exceptional to watch. Should she's be top, extremely talented. Should be a top five WNBA. Player. Yeah, if if you know anything about like women's college basketball, recognize names. It's better than Sabrina Ionescu. Right up there with Sabrina Ionescu. She's up there. I, she ain't better. Really? She ain't okay. better. She ain't this better is, than Sabrina. This is interesting. She ain't better than Sabrina. Well, this this could be a conversation because Iowa fans would say differently. I know they would. And Oregon I, fans. Iowa would fans say are annoying. And Oregon but. fans would say Sabrina. I'm I'm still gonna lean Sabrina. Okay, lean Sabrina. She was doing things that I ain't never seen before. Caitlin Clark's hitting half court. That's one thing. If, she if she's if she's in a groove, if she's in a groove, she will pull up from the logo. And hit it. She's, if anybody remembers, which I'm sure a lot of you do, I mean, even if you didn't watch the NBA, you know this, that the, those those couple of years where Steph Curry was at his peak, yeah, where it was as soon as he passes half court, you need to guard him, that is Caitlin Clark right now. If she has the ball and she's bringing it up, you meet her at half court because if you don't, if you give her space, she'll pull it. And her coach is fine with it yeah, because she'll make them routinely. Yeah, it's she's she's fun to watch, pain in the butt. Also, a little bit of Nebraska connection. Fremont, Fremont grad Taylor McCabe is currently playing at Iowa. And if you if you listen to any of the state broadcasts last night, you'll you'll recognize the name Taylor McCabe. She was an exceptional athlete. Um, just a five foot nine freshman at Iowa right now. She was the seventy eighth best player in the in the country last year coming out of coming out of high school this season. Averaging four and a half points per game. She's played in 12 games for the Hawkeyes. And like I said, averaging four and a half points per game. Um, but but seeing times, she played, she dropped 12 points, a new, a new career high, 12 points on um, on February 12th against Rutgers in that 111 to 57 win in 17 minutes of, of play. Now, the reason uh, people, people always asked last year, why did Taylor McCabe go to Iowa for the woman that we just talked about, Caitlin Clark? She's she's, she's learning behind Caitlin. Yeah, Clark. she's learning from Caitlin Clark. So there you which go. for a guard, pretty good person to learn from. Yeah, and that's no slight against Nebraska. So, um, okay, let's Rico. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. We have we to. we got into it or not got into it. We discussed got pretty, it. Got pretty passionate this morning on the drive regarding the officials and and all that and. I, my, my my belief and my thought stays the same. Um, Nick Sirianni also said post game that listen, one game doesn't get decided on one call, and and he he was the one that said that. So I have a tough time. He said if one call determines the game, we as coaches did not do our job. And I sit here and I still get frustrated because I I don't like the. I'll kind of reiterate what I said this morning. Good. It's. I don't like the moment that it was called, but I get frustrated because when are what are the officials supposed to do, and and what are the officials doing? What's their approach to to officiating a game? Because what I mean by that is, do you want it to sometimes be a judgment call, or do you want it to sometimes be if it's a penalty, it's a penalty, call it? Because we can't have both both sides in my eyes. You have to either. Have a judgment. Then you want to say call the game the same all four quarters. That's fine. Then if you want to call the game the game all four quarters the same, you shouldn't have thrown the penalty there. Mm-hmm. But then you have the the defensive back Bradbury for Philadelphia and Nick Sirianni both saying that that's a penalty and admitting 
that they they committed a penalty. Mm-hmm. Bradbury's saying, "I thought I'd get away with it." Yeah, he wanted to get away with it. It's and been so happening all fine. Just just give consistency and give fans an insight of what you what what is how do you guys operate? If you want it to be a complete judgment call for all four quarters, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Then do all four quarters like it's a judgment call. But if you want all four quarters, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Call it. That's fine. Just follow that. And we can't get mad then if everybody's on the same page. You can get mad, but getting mad doesn't do a whole lot of good because coming into the game, it was, hey, listen, you knew that they were going to call whatever's a penalty, whether there's two minutes on the game clock or whether there's 14 minutes on the game clock, they're going to call a penalty a penalty. Now, my take, and I said this on the water cooler, is I understand, and I'm also upset that it was called in, in that moment, but hey, that's that's the call. It's the right call. Yeah. It's, it's the call that should have been made, and it was made. My thing is the ref, like kind of what you said, Damned if they do, damned if they don't, because it, he makes that call, you know, everybody's mad at him, you know, whatever happened, you know, that's a terrible call, yada, yada, yada. But if that same thing would have happened, let's say that same thing happens, the same exact play, and they replay it multiple times, he doesn't make the call. The Chiefs miss the field goal, the Eagles go down and score. It's the same, but on the opposite side. The Chiefs fans are upset that the call wasn't made. It, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's like you said. You want a judgment call? Do you want it by the letter of the law? By the letter of the law, that was a defensive holding. And I understand it was a pretty clean game up until then. Not a lot of penalties called. Um, and they, there wasn't a defensive holding called uh, on on the defensive backs all game. That's the first one that they called. Yeah. They probably could have had one earlier on, on Juju. Uh, I think it was in the second quarter when he's coming across the middle and kind of got tackled. They could have called defensive holding or a pass interference there. They didn't. They called it there. Again, it's the right call. James Bradbury held. He admitted he held. And like Sirianni said, and kind of what I'm trying to get at is there are multiple other plays in this game that could have prevented that from happening. There are mm-hmm. other plays in this game that could have taken the 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 decision for the game out of the ref's hands. My num- the number one thing is don't allow a 64-yard punt return. If the Eagles don't allow that, we're not in the situation. They, they pin Kansas City deep. Maybe they still go down yeah. and score. Who knows? But they got 64 free yards off a of punt return, didn't have to run a single offensive play. Yeah, once again, like I just – Maybe double cover Travis Kelsey. I don't know. Well, it's I mean, it's that simple, that easy bailout of just don't get outscored in the second half. Don't get outplayed in the second half, yeah. or or don't blow a ten point lead at the half. Like, there's so th- many, th- there's so many the, things. Those, those are the easy cop outs. But when I guess when we look at, at officiating specifically, and a name texter's got a good point. The refs waited until the biggest moment of the game to call the first defensive holding of the game. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm way too. I'm looking through it with with rose colored glasses, I guess, and being like, I don't know, like in the in that moment, is the referee looking at that, being like. In that in that split second, going right when he sees a holding, he's throwing the penalty with it in mind of there's only a minute and a half left. Oh, this will help Kansas City. Like I, I, I and maybe I, maybe I'm way off on that. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's coincidence type of thing. I, I don't know. I, I understand roughing the passer. We, we've seen a lot of those calls with Tom Brady, even with Patrick Mahomes and things like that. Then Joe Burrow was getting lit up, and, and there was no calls on Joe Burrow. So like we've seen that the differential in that, but this is such a split second decision. I think that I sit here and go, is the official really in that moment going, 
this is going to change the game. Here we go. Let's throw a flag because it's going to give Kansas City. I'm going to throw. I don't, this. I don't know. Kansas City is going to kneel it three times and they're going to win the game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's just um, Kent says this on the text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. Then we'll get to break and get to the crossover here in a second. Kent says this: Chiefs scored on every series the second half. Eagles gave the Chiefs a free touchdown. If I was an Eagles fan and I'm not, the biggest complaint I would have was the quality on the field. Eagles had the best pass rush in the NFL and zero sacks last night. I have to believe that that field was part of it. D-line could not get a decent push. And and that's the thing is if if the officials decide to make it a judgment call or fans want the officials going forward to make, throw penalties on judgment calls, that's fine. You just can't get pissed when the officials decide a game. And so here you are, you can't get pissed when they call a penalty a penalty, no matter what junction of the game, juncture of the game, whether there's 14 minutes left or two minutes left, you can't get you can't get mad because I understand there's passion involved, but it's be consistent in what you want. You can't have them call the game judgment wise for three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter when your team's losing or about to lose, get mad when they call a penalty on a judgment call. And so that's where. They're never going to get it right. They're never going to get it perfect, in my eyes. The human error is part but of it. Here we are. Unfortunately, it's the it's the exact same way in baseball. It, I hate. Well, well, let me let me wrap up. Do you want your let, robot officials? Let me let me wrap up the Super Bowl real quick. Yeah, I did not like the way that it was called. I, I did not like the fact that they called the penalty at the end of the game. But how am I supposed to sit here and tell them they shouldn't have called that penalty? When you have the defensive back that was called for the penalty, saying I tried to get away with a with a penalty, mm-hmm. and the head coach going, "Yeah, listen, there's not one one call doesn't dictate the entire game." I don't know how I'm supposed to sit here and be like, "Yeah, even though they admitted to to playing, you know, they to, to commit a penalty, they shouldn't have. They should have just let him play." Like even before Bradbury said it, look, that I I said it. That's a hold. I'm sorry, but it is. You didn't get away with it. Maybe you got away and, with it earlier in the game. But you and, didn't get away with it then. And they changed. They changed. The, they changed the. Um, they change the rules every off season. They they adjust the rules for what constitutes pass interference, what constitutes a, a fumble, like they, what they constitutes possession, a yeah, all that. So who knows what what changes they're going to make in the off season? But um, I, it's it's just hard for me personally, and I, I get that if you're saying Nick, you're an idiot here, um, that's okay. But <laughs> it's hard for me to sit here and be like, damn it, they shouldn't have called that that penalty. They shouldn't have thrown the flag because it was two minutes left in the game, even though. We have multiple people saying that it was a penalty. Multiple experts and the player playing the game saying it was a penalty. I don't know how we're supposed to sit here and say, yeah, just because it was a penalty, technically, you shouldn't call it in that situation. Mm-hmm. But if if the game if the game was if that if that instance occurred ten minutes earlier, yeah, why, where's the flag? That's a hold. It's defensive holding. I, I just it's confusing. It's interesting. It's a it's a fascinating conversation. Let's take a break, get to the crossover coming up next. Download our app by searching 93.7 the ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com.